Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, which, by the way, is much more than a daily report. It really is a knowledge platform um, from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics uh, throughout, yes, our daily reports, but also these podcasts. And we do webinars and hopefully in the future, some live events. And along with uh, Shelly Cohan, my weekly podcast partner, and by the way, she's also a professor at Fashion Institute of Technology. <clears throat> and today we get into the second half of our conversation on marketing, marketing's future with AI, with our special guest, Lindsay Sheftick, who left that big corporate world and started her own business, the CMO Sidekick. And um, you can listen to her amazing background on last week's podcast. Um, we also covered some deep uh, topics last week, including the importance of intelligence. And this is important. And not only focusing on AI intelligence, we're talking about all sources for intelligence. The, the velocity of changes in this industry, and particularly in the marketing world, and what executives should be thinking about, and the cautionary tale of getting too much content out to the market too fast. So, Shelley, what's on tap today? Well, today we're actually going to pick up where we left off and further our conversation on AI's impact on marketing. Lindsay will tell us about AI companies making a difference, the who's who in AI and how they're doing it. Also the importance of being authentic and using authentic <coughs> messaging. And of course, we have to touch upon retention, acquisition and the future role of the CMO. So let's get started. Lindsay, really, it's really great, you know, having you here and, you know, you're someone who is in the real time thick of things. Um, can you give us an inkling of what are some of the cool, cool AI companies that you have been uh, talking to or working with? Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's definitely a lot. I think, um, you know, a few come to mind for me. So there's a company called Brox, B-R-O-X dot AI. And <laughs> So Brox is basically going up against kind of like YouGov and Camtar and Dynata. So what they have is, so, you know, brand trackers, like traditional brand trackers, and it tells you your brand awareness. It tells you your consideration, your purchase intent, and basically tells you like how you're doing, right? Like, oh, this month our awareness went up and Next month, our awareness went down or, oh, we had a big dip. And then you kind of like you you go back into all the things that you're doing and you try to look back and make inference to what happened, like what could have driven this bump up mm -hmm. or bump down within my spend, within PR, et cetera. So what Brox is doing is it takes the research, the, the quantitative, but it also pairs it with qualitative analysis. So they go out and they do video surveying. And they have they they the AI takes all of that qualitative data about your brand and in your category week day over day week over week and it tells you you can go back and you can see instantly insights 
it sums insights for you and what happened in that week that was driving your brand awareness up or down or it's telling you, you know, your competitors did this this week and which is why mm. their brands are getting more awareness or buzz. Um, or, you know, Netflix was it like a category that we look at as streaming that they've been looking at. And, you know, they can say, you know, Netflix had a lot of chatter around X show last week, mm. which is why their brand brand awareness is driven up over, you know, like a 2B, et cetera. So uh, it's really amazing technology and analysis that, you know, we talked about measurement earlier and like, you know, t- the data and the analytics that come around, I think qu- the quantitative, right? The numbers, that's easier to get. The qualitative is still kind of the hardest piece to get. And um, what Brox is doing is just taking all that qualitative data and being able to like immediately summarize it Mm. uh, for a marketer in any given week. So that's a actually signed on as an advisor for them um, in the last uh, in the last month. And um, they're just doing incredible work. I think I I, when I met with their uh, founder, I was just like, you're you're just you're going to you're going to put YouGov out of business. Like what they're doing is like super archaic. And I was like, is, is that okay to say, you know, it was like, you're really coming in there and disrupting the category. And he's like, he's like, yeah, we're not afraid of that. We're not afraid of that. So um, I love that. I like kind of love the, I love the brands uh, and the companies that are going to come in and like really disrupt traditional kind of like yeah. marketing function. I think that's a, that's a fun one. Um, wow. And the, yeah, go, oh, ahead. go ahead, Shelly. No, 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 go you go ahead. I was just going to say another company I talked to. So um, it's part of my journey uh, in all of this is I talked to a company called um, Arrow. So their site is getarrow.ai. And what Arrow does is it automatically posts business content. And they their, their kind of marketing deal is they say for a cost of a large pizza. So they're on a, it's a cost by month, dependent on how many like pieces of content that you want it to post for you. And so it kind of take think about it. You're a small business. You're so busy. You're running your business. You're running your website. You're running, or you have a retail store. You're running your storefront. The last thing on your mind at the end of the day is like your social media and your digital presence and your digital content. It's really hard to upkeep that, especially if you don't have, you know, you don't have enough money to hire staff, or it's just like not the most important thing for you, or maybe you're a business owner, you're a little bit older, and you're like it, the whole thing is overwhelming. So this just takes that kind of guesswork out of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it will post for you. It will post for your business, like topical articles, topical posts. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, that one's pretty exciting, I think. Wow. That yeah. sounds like we're really looking for some great change, which is, I think, great. I, I like the disruptors too. I think, that's the only real change that can be made is people come in and really just want to disrupt something. Yeah. And then this morning, Oh, sorry. I was going to say one more this morning. I was actually talking to, uh, um, I was talking to a guy named Frank who is an engineer and he's been working on this. uh, He's been working on some AI that uh, really like supercharges your customer service with AI chatbots. Now I think, this is and again being built for SMB for small business, and um, I love. I by the way, I love all the tools being built for for small business because I think those are those are the companies that really need it. I mean, yeah, uh, just trying to get an edge over the competitors and 
customer service is very expensive. I know that from working at a very big customer service brand. Um, it's very, very expensive. So I yeah. think that these types of tools that are going to streamline, um, you know, streamline resources and give your customers not just information, but good information and good solve so that they don't have to get on a, a phone call with someone or, or chat with an actual person, I think is going to be kind of the future of, of how we, you know, connect with brands from a customer service level. So, Lindsay, you recently spoke at a conference, and one of the things you said that really hit me is how consumers are holding companies accountable for sustainability messaging. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, I I love this, by the way. I, um, you know, I always tell people, my husband's a teacher, so I feel like he's my carbon offset in life. I always tell people <laughs> that, but... Um, I love to work for companies that do like have a mission or a purpose or are giving back and truly giving back. And I think that, you know, we see with, uh, you know, brands like Patagonia who Mm -hmm. have just completely done this, uh, purpose over profit and really looking to give, you know, back to the planet through the course of, you know, profit that their company is making, I think is incredible. Um, and I think, you know, they're they're ones that they're they're not just holding themselves accountable, but that that their mission is out there and it's so loud out there that like you we're gonna have to hold them to it, right? Like all their customers are gonna have to hold them to it. I would say they're haters, yeah. but I don't know too many people that hate Patagonia because they do such wonderful things. Um, <laughs> I think right. I think Apple is another one that I talked about at the conference is really interesting right now. Um, you know, at their keynote uh, at the beginning of. September, they put out that, you know, really fun video about just, you know, holding themselves accountable for this, you know, zero carbon uh, neutral that they want to get to by 2030. Um, And they're, you know, they're kind of poking fun, fact checking themselves in the video, but they're really encouraging customers to go out and fact check them and I think they've done actually a phenomenal job between their sustainability and also privacy and putting their privacy policy and mm-hmm. how they think about privacy really at the forefront of their messaging, which, you know, in years past, it wasn't at the forefront of their messaging, but that's been really topical the last, uh, I would say, two years for them. And really asking customers, and I said at the conference, haters also, because people always want to poke and call out brands for doing bad things. Um, they're really putting themselves out there so that, you know, we can hold them accountable for the messages that they're putting out in marketing. Well, you know, Patagonia um, is a poster child and it's incredible what they do. But uh, in our capitalistic system, it's um, difficult to see where retailers and brands are going to, uh, you know, take the lead and, uh, buy into sustainability and all those yep. other things. I just don't know because also it's going to be rely heavily as everything does on the consumer. Are they yep. really going to walk the walk or are they just talking the talking? You know, I talked to a lot of young people. Shelly talks to more because she's a professor down there. Um, but every one of them will tell you, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about the environment. And uh, I, <clears throat> when I uh, go shopping, you know, I look for brands that are 
credible in terms of the sustainability issue. And so, but, you know, when they get in the store <laughs> and they see, uh, I don't know, a pair of jeans that are manufactured in China um, for, you know, 12 bucks, and then they look at uh, brands, uh, brand that, you know, manufactured here or, uh, you know, um, I don't know, outsourced or whatever, but where the price tags, 20 bucks. I mean, I'm just being hypothetical now. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, research tells us they're going <laughs> to take the cheaper brand. As long yeah. as they, so it's, I still I think there's a lot of greenwashing happening in the space, yeah. in the retail space and beyond. I think, you know, a lot of brands... Yeah. I still think sustainability is a bit of an afterthought. And I think like mm-hmm. Apple's taking this pretty big stance this year yeah. was really refreshing to see. Um, and like, I think I said at the conference, not just walking the walk, not just talking the talk, but walking yeah. the walk. Yeah. Yep. And um, I do hope more <clears throat> brands follow suite because I feel like it's still a checkbox for brands mm-hmm. like oh we're sustainable yeah we recycle yeah, yeah. or it's yep, like yep. but are brands truly digging into the supply chain into how they're transporting products um i'm just not sure i don't think so yeah, i i yeah. think it's still a checkbox i think maybe some companies have a sustainability expert but they're not integrated into yeah. the inner workings of the company they're more trying to look for ways that they can make claims to customers that they're sustainable versus mm-hmm. actually having an impact on the business practice of how yep. goods are bought and sold. So I think it's, I still think that's a checkbox is my, is, is, is my gut on yep. the, on the topic. I, I would agree. And particularly in the apparel area. I mean, you look at yeah. fast fashion, give me a break. Ugh. I Ugh. mean, it's nuts. She in, and you know, you can, I was reading an article in uh, Business Week on uh, Guatemala has uh, this huge distribution center where they get, I don't know, millions and millions of pounds of apparel uh, every year. And what they're doing with it is they're what they're which is pretty smart, is they are now setting up retailers in Guatemala and they're they are marketing and filling, assorting those retail stores with used goods. Wow. So, you know, it's like the re, uh, re resale uh, industry, which is going on. But again, they still keep pumping more and more and more out there. Anyway, um, before we leave. Let's bring it up a bit. Let's bring it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, can we touch a little upon uh, the role of customer acquisition and retention. Um, how how are we measuring these across channels? Obviously, retention is a long term strategy, and it takes time to uh, really be impactful. You know, whereas acquisition can be more easily implemented, um, but maybe a lot more costly. So, so Lindsay, how are brands balancing this two part act? I think. I think you said it, it's a balancing act. Mm. Um, You know, I think uh, probably every company I've worked at in the last, you know, five to seven years, you know, everyone's like performance, performance, let's, you know, drive acquisition. And Mm. I think that 
you can't lose sight of like the bigger, the brand work that you're doing because the brand work is not just for future customers, but it's also your current customers, right? It's also for retention and doing the larger brand work will have a cost savings on your acquisition over time because there'll be more familiarity with the brand and you don't have to pay as much to acquire somebody. Um, But, you know, as marketers, uh, their, their greatest partner is their finance lead, right? Their CFO. And I think because the, you know, marketing has changed so much and it's, we've almost gone backwards in a lot of ways. When we talk Mm. about like attribution, I feel like, you know, CFOs are like kind of more looking at last click. Right. And as a marketer, you're going like, no, this makes no sense. Like we would never look at it this way, but that's the data that's in front of them, right? That's what they have. Yeah. Um, and so you, you know, and everybody wants a data point to uh, justify a, uh, a reason why you're doing something. So I think as marketers, you're kind of banging your head against the wall going, no, that doesn't make sense. Um, and trying to, t- trying to show your CFO or your finance partner why you should be investing in your brand because it's going to have that really positive effect on customer acquisition, driving less expensive customer acquisition and cost, per, you know, and that cost per and, and then also when it comes to, you know, your customers considering a second purchase or, you know, maybe you're on a subscription model and you want to keep your customers happy over time, them seeing your brand in a positive light outside in the world is what's, uh, is what's going to help drive some of that. So mm-hmm. I I think, you know, I think brands that are putting all their dollars just down and driving customer acquisition and not thinking about the other things are very short-sighted. I think that's mm-hmm. how, you know, you see kind of some brands like, I'll, I'll say like Allbirds or like Dollar Shave Club. I think that's really kind of how they started was just, you know, driving down in social and just getting those customers, but they didn't do enough work on their brands to... And I think Allbirds is actually making a right turn, I would say, right now. I've been seeing kind of more brand work out of them versus uh, just driving, you know, lower funnel advertising. So Mm. I think, um, you know, I think you're going to see brands that aren't focused on that balance just kind of be short-lived because they're going to have kind of nothing to stand on five years from now. Yeah, good. Interesting. So, Lindsay, when you look in your crystal ball, what do you (laughs) see? What's the new role of the CMO? I think that, oh man, and this is part of, I guess, probably why I started my business because I feel like CMO roles have just gotten so huge and so essential to an organization. They're no longer kind of sitting on the side. They're kind of at the center of everything a company's doing and there's just not enough time in the day to get it all done. Right. Um, I think that, I think that marketers will have a lot more influence across a business and, you know, and, and driving what that brand is moving forward, influencing retail, influencing uh, how your product is sold. I mean, I think just even looking at like what TikTok is doing in their shop. And I, I was just playing in there last night and I was like, I hadn't kind of gone into that shopping tab in a while. And I was like, wow, this is like really <laughs> starting to like rival some of our big digital online retailers and it's all within the same ecosystem. And so, you know, I think as a marketer, there's going to be, there's so many things to think about in terms of point of purchase, customer journey, 
um, customer lifecycle. You know, you see tons of brands moving more into subscription model and LTV being so important, helping to set the foundation of those subscriptions and the value that customers are getting from products and services. I think we'll sit maybe has not traditionally sit in marketing. Maybe that sat more in product, but I think that will, you'll start to see that really come through marketing um, as well. And just, you know, I think as customers have more seamless journey through buying, through receiving messages, I think that, you know, marketing is just going to sit at the hub of all of that. And I've already started to see that it's something, you know, some of my last roles and, I think uh, I think it's just going to be more important that marketing has a viewpoint into all the pieces of the the business. Even when we were talking about sustainability, right? Sustainability and how do you pull that forward to show your customers that you're sustainable? And then how do you challenge back your business to say, and I've been in this role before to say, hey, this is great, but you guys really aren't doing anything. Like we're just doing nothing. Like you want me to talk about this, but like, we're not actually doing anything. So I think it's going to be up to kind of people sitting in those CMO roles to challenge the business around sustainability, um, around some of those, you know, bigger topics and conversations that customers care about, privacy, another one, um, to challenge the business to really take action across supply chain and other areas. So I really think that's how, that's my crystal ball. Yeah. Um, And then the other one is just that, I don't know. I think it's going to be up to the marketing team to figure out AI and how they implement it across the business. I think in engineering and building products, that's one thing. But in terms of resourcing, identifying areas to free up your team's time to do other things, to do more important things, um, and figuring out that data piece, uh, I think we'll, we'll all fall on that modern day CMO. Boy, I'll tell you, Lindsay, I could not agree with you more. The front line of commerce is where the product touches the consumer at the point of sale. And of course, now the point of sale is also your iPhone. But so, yes, market the role of marketing, I agree with you, is going to be much higher elevated um, and frankly, more a more complex role. Uh, because they're going to have to integrate all of the tools uh, yep. that, that, and that they're able to do today. So um, once again, <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing I've learned a lot today, and I think Shelly has too from you. And I must say that um, AI, while, while it's currently kind of the numero uno hot buzzy topic, right? On the other hand, it's also, I think, the least understood. Mm-hmm. Yes, agree. Uh, yeah. And hearing about what you do, um, those who don't understand it should really reach out to uh, to you to, to help them. So I just want to thank you very, very much again. And thank you so much. Lindsay, tell, tell people how to find you. How do people <laughs> okay. find the CMO Sidekick? Well, that's right. So my website is the CMOSidekick.com. So you can find me there. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Lindsay Shoptick. And yeah, I would love to connect and hear about your business's challenges and how I can help you solve. If I can recommend, if your company is tapping you on the shoulder saying, we need to do AI, 
let me help you figure that out because you're probably very busy and you don't have time to meet with 500 AI vendors and implement that into your business. So, um, so yes, thank you. Uh, thank you so yeah. much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Oh, it was great True, fun. Right? Thanks for uh, coming. And for our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and of course, theromreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in, link in with us and Lindsay too for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to thank everybody again for joining us and particularly Lindsay. And uh, by the way, if any of you in the audience have an idea, concept or some topic that you would like Shelly and I to uh, cover, uh, just shoot me an email. and it, It's robin at therobinreport.com. Thanks again.